You see, I am not just a girl who rocks STEM, but I am a black girl who rocks it. And I'm bringing girls who look like me and girls who don't to this table we call STEM, because all representation matters and it's time we reclaim our STEM, because our voice and our worth matters. I want girls to know to value yourself, your name, your voice, your time, because they all matter and never compromise it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't accomplish your dreams. Our possibilities are limitless, and it is who we are inside that makes the difference and that what makes us so special. Welcome back to the second series of InspireFest, the podcast. I'm Anno D. I'm the founder of InspireFest, which takes place in Dublin every summer over three days. In this series, you get to hear the conversations backstage between Claire O'Connell and Shauna Boyle and some of our speakers. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not come along and meet us in real life in Dublin? Every year we have attendees from about 40 countries. You simply book your tickets at InspireFest.com. It's our fifth birthday in 2019, so we wanted to do something nice for our podcast listeners. So we've created a discount code just for you. Go to inspirefest.com and enter the code INSPIREPOD19. It's time to crack on with this episode, but before we do, I just want to take a moment to thank the Digital Hub for being our anchor sponsor once again for this series of InspireFest, the podcast. The spark for InspireFest grew out of our home here at the Digital Hub four years ago, so it's a pretty fitting partnership. The Digital Hub is based in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin City. It's a collaborative space and it's home to lots of technology and digital media companies, but it's more than just an office. Why not visit thedigitalhub.com to find out more. Now, let's get on with this episode. Hello, I'm Claire O'Connell, and in this episode, you'll hear a conversation I had with Ian Harkin, Taylor Richardson, and Avine Mangan. Ian is the CEO and co-founder of Lottie Dolls, a toy company with a difference. The team creates dolls that represent the real challenges that kids face, from bullying to obesity to stereotypes. As Ian puts it, these are diverse kids with diverse interests. We were also joined by someone who inspired a Lottie doll, Taylor Richardson. Taylor is a teenager who herself is inspired by astronaut Mae Jemison, and Taylor wants to travel to space. Avian Mangan was there too, a young girl from Mayo who earned the title European Digital Girl of the Year for her enthusiasm about coding and all things STEM. We were joined by Taylor and Avian's mums too. So here's my chat with Ian, Taylor and Avian. For, for those, um, like the two people on the planet who haven't heard your story, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're 14 at the moment, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, I'm 14. Um, I advocate for women and girls in STEM. Uh, I bring confidence to young girls. I did screenings for important inspiring movies such as Hidden Figures and A Wrinkle in Time. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much me. Cool. And what, what inspired, you're at InspireFest, what inspires mm-hmm. you, Taylor? Oh, what inspires me? Well, two things inspire me. Um, the little girls who look up to me and expect me to be the best I can be, that inspires me every day. But my idol, Dr. Mae Jemison, she inspires me to work harder and continue with my dream. Brilliant. Tell us about what you're wearing. It's a spacesuit, you have badges on it. What's, what's this about? Uh, I got this at space camp when I was nine years old. Uh, you get this at the end of the week because you spend a week there to train and you flip your wings like the right way So because you graduated. So I got this after, you know, experience zero gravity and eating space food and stuff like that. What's space food like? It's crunchy. It's very hard, dried, but edible. <laughs> you're not selling it to me now. Yeah. <laughs> 
and what's next for you, Taylor, after Inspire Fest? Uh, I'm going, well, I go back to Jacksonville, Florida in the States uh, for a week, and then I go to Africa and Ghana to help an orphanage. Fantastic. Wow. At 14. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Avian, how old are you at the moment? 11. You're 11. And you're EU Digital Girl of the Year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you, you learned uh, that you became EU Digital Girl of the Year last November, December? Is December. Yeah. December. So what's been going on with you since? Um, I've been doing a few talks. Um, I've been to the South Sea Conference. I've been too excited. Um, I think I've been to Teach Me. Yeah. yeah, she's been keeping me on the road anyway. <laughs> Ian, mm. um, <laughs> one, one of your girls has been to space. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, little stargazer Lottie, uh, we partnered up with a little girl called Abigail from Canada, whose uh, hero was Chris Hadfield, a Canadian astronaut. And uh, Abigail herself designed everything that went into the box. Uh, we had a little uh, information leaflet inside it, which we got content from the European Space Agency. It was about famous female astronauts and astronomers. So it was all about empowering and letting girls see uh, other females that um, have been involved in uh, space activities. And then, I guess, cheekily, we, we kind of asked them what would be the chances of sending it up to space. And it went up in a rocket before Tim Peake went up, the British astronaut. And what kind of feedback have you had from that, that's that space trip. Um, you know, what, what what are people saying to you as a result of that? Yeah, well, actually, you know, that's how we actually met Taylor. And it's, you know, Taylor seen the product, bought it for her cousin, and it's how she reached out to us. So it's a lot of it's organic. Um, it's people seeing it, feeling that they, you know, that they relate to it, and um, yeah, as a brand. I don't like using the word brand or whatever, but we did some research and we found that 20% of our people that come to Lottie are, have been directly you know, on recommendations from others, but it's actually as high as 80% when you include social media and uh, mommy blog sites. So it's all organic, our, our, our business has grown. So it's all word of mouth, positive right, yeah. sort of... <laughs> Enforcement. And, and, and as well as being in space, I know people like uh, like I know Taylor. You're kind of an, an mm -hmm. ambassador. You you bring Lottie with you places. Where has Lottie gone? Like Taylor, where have you brought Lottie to? Oh, everywhere I go. Every when I travel, um, I bring it with me just to inspire me to let them know that there are girls counting on me to follow my dreams. So I bring it everywhere. Every time I travel, I bring it to my bedroom. I just bring it everywhere, just a constant reminder. Very good. And, and where else in the world has Lottie been? Lottie's been to both poles. Um, she has been on... We've got a, a fossil hunting doll and there's a group of paleontologists called Trailblazers and they've taken Lottie to all of the major digs that have been discovered in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, all of the ones that are still active. Um, so yeah, it, you see, we have a competition on a, on a monthly basis and we're asking kids, actually I think we're bringing it down to weekly because we're getting that many, but we're asking kids to, to send us in photographs and we have a, a winner each week. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What yeah. photograph did you send in, Amy? I sent, um, I think it was the Autumn Leaves Artie doll sitting on one of the circular windows in Ravensbourne College when I went to Moss Fest last year. Very good. Uh, Amy, yeah. you've been doing a bit of work with doll, another kind of doll, um, a doll that 
people can bring into hospitals and, and it helps them in hospitals. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, Hospital Honey and Henry are two scratch interface hospital dolls, um, which um, if I were if we were to make it a, a big business like Lottie dolls, um, we would probably pack them like they'd be just with hair and face and you they don't have a face and they come with a set of markers so children could like draw glasses um, they could design the face themselves they could add jewelry or whatever to them and all that. That's great. So they can make they can make the doll their own. And and what would the doll? How would the doll help them being in hospital? Um, because most children when they're going to hospital they'll be afraid and they don't know what's going to happen. So with the scratch game, it'll tell them what's going to happen. So maybe they'll be a bit less afraid. But a few people like to bring in their favorite teddies or something with them, and hospital and Henry depends on which one you pick. Um, will can come in with you and. You could, let's say you were getting um, a plaster or something, or you're getting a cast, you could ask the nurse to put a mini one on them as well. I've done that to one of mine. <laughs> That's very, very clever. Now, we have two very proud mothers sitting on the couch. <laughs> so, Isolt and Tony. Yes. Um, so, yeah, congratulations. I mean, you must be remarkably proud of your girls. Oh, yeah. Um, I, what's, it, what's it like, I suppose, you know, when, when, somebody, when you have someone in your family who's so young and so innovative, you know, because they're out there in a very grown-up world, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, it, for me, the, it's important just to have balance so that Taylor can be a regular kid. Um, when you had asked her about, you know, where Lottie goes, I mean, literally everywhere. I mean, she's been to Teen Vogue, Good Morning America. Like, we literally take her everywhere. She's going to come to Ghana with us. Uh, and so um, making sure that she stays grounded and humble. Um, and I always, I, I always teach her that you can have all the money in the world, but when you give up your time and your service, that is, like, probably the richest thing you can give someone because you can't get your time back. So for her to... Um, be an honor roll student advocating for um, girls and boys um, for STEM and to still have a life as a 14 year old is very important to me um, because you see so many things happening when kids be in this adult, adult world how to balance it so um, I'm still working on it but um, my proudest moment is how Taylor handles her her what people call failures, they're being retained, being bullied, being diagnosed with uh, abundantly different, happily divine. Um, that's her change the name day from ADHD, but it's how she handles her failures that I'm most proud of. Great. So Taylor, that means you still have to do your homework and your chores, okay? <laughs> Even if you're an international superstar. Yes, <laughs> And Isolt, you're a primary school teacher. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, I know from, from looking at your Twitter feed online and, uh, you know, how much of that how much of that innovation you bring into your classroom. And we spoke with Anne Looney uh, in the podcast. You may have seen her talk earlier on about the importance, the important role that teachers play in building and maintaining this culture of innovation. I mean, is this something that, that you've just always been interested in? Or how did that interest develop? I suppose the interest developed when I moved to the west of Ireland, I have to be honest. And I suppose I felt we had no internet in the areas. There was a lot of things I felt the kids were missing out on. And there was all this big talk in education about, oh, coding, STEM, STEAM, all these different things. It's like, right, well, I'm not having the kids in my school missing out on anything. I'm going to first myself and all of us. So I went off and tried to learn as much as I could. Very quickly found out when I started teaching it that I didn't learn as much as the kids did because they passed me out so quickly. But um, certainly, I mean, you have to open the world to them to show them everything. I mean, even something as simple as bringing a Lottie doll into the classroom. A lot of kids 
when you teach the primary school curriculum, you don't teach them to be astronauts. You don't head them off in one direction. But also, you don't find their individuality unless you bring things into the room with you. So things like that, again, a stargazer lolly comes in, the story behind it, we've watched Elena's film in school. Um, <laughs> things like that that just inspire the kids. So that while they have to do their English, Irish, the maths and their main core curriculum subjects, there's no harm to put in hopes and dreams and ideas in there. Show them the ways of getting there. And yeah, I think it's definitely very important to build on platforms that, that they're going to go bring into the future. All the jobs of the future are going to be dependent on all the skills they're learning. So that's, I suppose, where the interest came from and I hope to think that I have a little bit of passion and drive to push it and keep it going. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think in Ireland we're lucky to have uh, Coda Dojo as well. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and like, I mean, I know the kids themselves, the likes of Coolest Projects, like it's mm -hmm. kids showing other kids. And I do remember an interview that um, even in Poirac, her friend that did the farm safety website said years ago, like your mom and your dad can nag you and tell you to do things. But when another child tells you to do it, you do it without question and you see the reason behind it. It's like this whole new path of understanding. Mm -hmm. So for having something in a classroom as a teacher that a child can say, look, what's behind this? It has more weight than me standing up there, having just taught them the 10 times tables over and over and over. It has far more weight than me saying something else like, oh, she's good at five minutes ago and now she thinks she's an expert in this. A kid that comes in and a role model that they can see, well, they went to school as well. They're not being flown in around here, they're in the other, just purely for that, it's not their job. They're a regular kid as well, that they have this, and look at the drive that they have, and they're inspired by it, and they're motivated far more than anything a mom or a dad or, or a teacher can say. This is my first time here at Inspire Fest, and I heard everyone saying it was different and exceptional, but I didn't really believe them because a lot of people say that about a lot of conferences. But I came here and the, the speakers are amazing and they touch on subjects that are very different, uh, like accessibility, LGBTQ, and how to be more inclusive and diverse. And it was really, really amazing. I recommend it. Most conferences drive to have a diverse set of speakers. InspireFest truly does that. You've got people from all different communities on stage. 65% women, which is amazing. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the one thing that really inspires me. I love just the whole variety of different talks on various things. So sometimes there's things just come up that you don't expect, and the things maybe you weren't expecting to really like, and they were really, really interesting. Well, I keep coming back as a third year. It's a, I love to hear stories and you know how people are making impact. It's very inspiring. It's really, really, really nice just to be in a place that's full of other passionate and enthusiastic people. Um, and I really find that I leave InspireFest with a lot more energy than I came with.